Welcome to the Move on Mark Wrestling Podcast with Shane, Captain Jenny, Shane, Captain Jenny. All these super marks of wrestling, every time is guaranteed. Join the Move on Mark Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Move on Marks Wrestling Podcast. This is Shane Wrangler, and Cat and Jenny will be along a little bit later. But we had a big week in wrestling this week. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15 come and gone. Uh, big things happened on Monday Night Raw. Impact AEW had their had still continuing their big crossover, and uh, SmackDown something that, really interesting stuff on SmackDown as well. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. We're going to talk about it here in this little bit, little bit of an open. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for downloading this podcast and all your support doesn't go unnoticed. We count each and every view. It's awesome that you guys want to take time out of your day to listen to what we have to say. And believe me, it doesn't go it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much. But uh, Monday night we had Legends Night and the return of Bill Goldberg, and he challenges Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. And I know, I know what you're thinking. Why in the hell is Goldberg back? Two point one million viewers for that segment Goldberg was in is the reason why Goldberg is back. And it's probably the reason why he's going to beat Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at the Rumble. I'm not a fan of it either, but if you're a fan of Drew McIntyre, you should be scared. You should be worried his uh, title reign is coming to an end, and it won't take the match won't take long. Goldberg don't do stuff. He he don't get paid by the hour, folks. He gets in there five minutes and he's done. And like I said, I'm not a fan of it. I don't believe that. WWE should be relying on old stars, but it is what they do. They rely on the old, old guys, the old legends. It's what they do. There's nothing we can do about it. And it pops ratings for WWE, and that's what they that's what they ultimately care about. So don't be surprised if Bill Goldberg's your new WWE champion here pretty soon. At the end, actually, at the Rumble. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night, the AEW... Impact crossover continues, and we've seen the band get back together again. The elite is back together. We see first of all, first off, we've seen we've seen Gallows and Anderson, along with Kenny Omega, just beat the crap out of Rich Swan one more time. And then on Wednesday night, Kenny Omega defending the AEW Championship against Ray Phoenix. He he. Beats him clean in the middle of the ring after a hellacious match. It's a great match. Kenny Omega is back to being Kenny Omega again. He's back to being that best bout machine that we've all known from New Japan. And after the match, he's going to beat the crap out of Ray Phoenix again, but out comes John Moxley. Uh, Moxley has a barbed wire baseball bat, and he's got the upper hand for a little bit, but lo and behold, who comes out? Gallows and Anderson. Changes everything. Beating the crap out of beating the crap out of John Moxley, and they beat John Moxley for a good few minutes before the Bucks come out and they, and they stop it. The Bucks come out, they, they stop it, and it's like, what in the hell are you doing? What are you doing? But at the end of the night, all you see is the two sweep held up by everybody in the elite. Young Bucks, Gallows and Anderson, Kenny Omega, for life, Bullet Club's back together again, and they're going to be a dangerous, dangerous faction in AEW. Uh storytelling in AEW. I just, just want to go off about storytelling in AEW just a little bit. If NXT wants to know why, and I haven't even spoke about NXT yet. If NXT wants to know why 
they're getting beaten every week. Look no farther than your storytelling. Your storytelling, the storytelling in AEW is so good right now. They, there's no restrictions. You can tell that that creative is is creative is really good in AEW. The storytelling is excellent. Does everything hit in AEW though? As far as storytelling, no. It's professional wrestling. It never does. But at least they're trying. They're trying new things. They're trying different things. Or re- they're bringing back old things that works. And they're not scared to do it. While WWE NXT depends on hot matches, really. The, the matches, the in-ring product in the NXT is better than what AEW has. It's more refined. It's smoother. I'm not baiting that. I, I prefer the in-ring action over AEW's ring, in-ring action, but I prefer AEW's storytelling over NXT's. And NXT had a hot world title match. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor beat the absolute hell out of each other. They beat the absolute hell out of each other. It was a great match. Both world, Both title matches on Wednesday night were great. They were both great matches. Fortunately, I had DVR, so I can go back and watch uh, one one later. They were both great, but the but the storytelling is what's setting AEW apart right now. Storytelling is excellent in AEW, and I can't go on. I can't say enough good things about it. And then we move on to Friday night, where we got another story going on. Uh, we had a gauntlet match for the uh, number one contendership to Roman Reigns Blue Universal Championship. And we see we a couple things come out of this. First off, we've seen the uh, a face turn for Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, it's it's been I think it's been a little overdue. SmackDown's in need of good baby faces, and Shinsuke's going to be a, Shinsuke's a stronger baby face than he is a heel. So and we we've seen that. Uh, he pins Daniel Bryan. He runs through everybody in the gauntlet match. Pins Daniel Bryan clean in the middle. Daniel shakes his hand out of respect and. Roman Reigns' music hits, and out comes Adam Pearce. Adam Pearce has been injected into this match. Roman beats the hell. Roman and Jay beats the hell out of Shinsuke, and then they turn around and beat the hell out of Adam Pearce. Throw Adam Pearce on top of Shinsuke. One, two, three. Roman throwing his weight around. Uh, Adam Pearce is the number one contender for the uh, Blue Universal Championship, and will get that title shot at the Royal Rumble. I'm not a fan of this. I know there's Adam Pierce fans out there finally saying, yeah, he's getting his chance, but it's not Scrap Daddy. It is General Manager Adam Pierce. And I, I, I feel like that unless Shinsuke, a disgruntled baby face, gets involved in this match, it's just going to be a, it's just going to be Roman bullying Adam Pierce at the Rumble. And I don't think anybody wants to see that at the Rumble. One of your big four, one of your big four pay per views, and you're going to have a general manager fighting, fighting basically a general manager that nobody knows about, other than like hardcore wrestling fans, super hardcore independent wrestling fans, know about Adam Pearce, know about Scrap Daddy, the NWA World Heavy, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Um, if this was at a, if this was at something other than a big four pay per view, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with the storytelling, but you're going to do this at a big four pay-per-view. So you're going to have to have some sort of big thing happen at that big four pay-per-view for this to work. Hopefully that comes out like that. And, and, and we have a good payoff for it. I just, I'm just not a fan of doing it at a big four pay-per-view. Uh, but like I said, we got a big show. We got a big show in store for you. Wrestle Kingdom 15 review with uh, our special new Japan correspondent Raven. Jenny's going to sit down with her in a little bit and get you that Wrestle Kingdom 15 review. And if you haven't watched New Japan, 
getting this Wrestle Kingdom 15 review and following it from there on out is a pretty good start because they reset everything right after right after Wrestle Kingdom. So that's a pretty good start. And then we'll be back after that. We'll, we'll all be together talking about some of the best, some of the greatest managers of all time. So you just stick with us. We're going to have some good conversations. And uh, that starts here in just a little bit. All right. Hey, everyone. It's Jenny, and I'm here with my best friend. This is Raven. Say hi. Hey, guys. She's the whole reason I am into wrestling in the first place, or at least back into it over the last few years. Because she just made me do it. She's cool. Like I had nobody to watch wrestling with, so uh, I needed my friend to watch wrestling with me again. Well, I mean, when you tell me, hey, go watch this ladder match, I will go watch since I'm a sucker for ladder matches. I know the way to your heart. You do. That's what happens when we've known each other for over 20 years. Best friends. <laughs> but what we're going to do is we're going to sit and talk about some Wrestle Kingdom. Because it was, what, Monday night and Tuesday night? Technically. US or Monday time. morning and Tuesday morning. Yeah. I mean, Depending on, uh, for me, it's morning and you, it's night. Yeah. We have I'm opposite a... sleep schedules, so. I said, you stayed up later than I did for a change. Because I kind of crashed out on them this year. Usually I stay up a little bit longer with you. Though, to be fair, I also got six hours of sleep before they started. Right. You just stayed up straight on through. Yeah, that's usually what I do anyways. But I'm not a nap taker. So it makes Wrestle Kingdom very hard. <laughs> but it's become our tradition. So I had to at least try to do it what I could. I just wasn't prepared for it It has become a really fun thing. Yeah, I just wasn't yeah. prepared for it this year like I was the last few years. Well, it's hard. The uh, The big, big names that we're used to having on this show just are no longer with the company or they couldn't get across the ocean because there's a freaking pandemic. But, you know, from tuning in just to watch, because I think I started watching this the first year Jericho was going to be on. I believe was the first year. I, did I think it. so. Yeah. When he was fighting Kenny, I think. Um, yep. Was Kenny the second year? No, I think it was the first. I think it was the first year. But, so I was kind of prepared for it. But like through watching it, I've gotten to know some of the other guys. So it was kind of them I was more excited to see this time. Like your Will Ospreys or your Okadas. And then this year with Kenta being back over in Japan. Was this his first or second year back with Wrestle Kingdom? I think this might have been his first Wrestle Kingdom back. Yeah. After leaving. He might have appeared at like New Year's Dash last year. Yeah, that might have been it. But just, the, I was kind of excited to see those names this year. But so I'm, The I'm guys go you knew from before. Exactly. I've learned some of the guys now, and I'm kind of excited about it. So I'm, I'm going to go back and watch what I haven't seen yet. Just haven't had the chance to do it yet. But that's why you were our note taker, and you're going to tell me all about your favorite things. I took so much notes. You're so professional. I just really like Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> it brings me a lot of joy. And I know you're very excited to come be on the Haluva Marks podcast. I am. I'm super excited, especially because I get to talk about New Japan, which is one of the few things that I actually care about these days. Talk away. Tell me about it. So we opened up with the, uh, the New Japan Rumble that happens every single Wrestle Kingdom. And lots of heavy hitters right from the very beginning. That's actually my note. A lot of heavy hitters out in first. 
So Chase Owens from Bullet Club was out first. Tomohiro Ishii was out second, who was just a monster of a man. But then we heard Kaze Ninare, and to have Minoru Suzuki out there third, I was a sh- I was absolutely positive that Chase Owens was going to die right then and there. But that little dude hung out the entire time. The final four were Chase, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, and Yano. Yano, who never even made it to the ring, somehow made it to the final for the second night. Um, one of the big bummers this year for me was that we didn't get to see the stardom matches. For the first, maybe second time, uh, stardom had some showcase matches at Wrestle Kingdom, but something with doing something to do with licensing, uh, we don't get to watch those on TV. So Just kind of a huge States, bummer. Right? I don't think they're, it's on New Japan at all. Oh, okay. It's only so that live. Was just, that, so that was, something okay, like so that they was can't just put for it on live TV. audiences. Okay. Yep. And I want to say something yeah, that so. I thought was really cool about their style of rumble was you could get disqualified in pinfalls, right? Yes. And it just wasn't yep. your over the top typical, you know, Royal Rumble like we're used to seeing in January, which I thought was kind of cool. Added a little bit yeah, of a different can, style to it. You can go over the top rope to be eliminated. You can be pinned. You can be disqualified. You can tap out. So it's it's like an all-encompassing rumble that was yeah that's that was kind of cool i mean like i'm a i love royal rumble it's my favorite thing of the year but there's just kind of was a neat little different touch to it to have it's really fun being eliminated (sighs) and then we got the uh the most magical statement of the night from rocky romero it's january 4th and you know what that means Got to keep those tributes coming. Yes, we do. Uh, the juniors, I believe this was the Super J Cup trophy match, or yeah, this was the Super J Cup trophy match. Uh, it was Hiromu Takahashi, former uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion, who had just been out with a broken neck. He's been working his way back against El Fantasmo, who was Bullet Club. And these two are just out of control. Uh, There was a really, really scary moment in this where El Fantasmo hit a uh, sunset bomb to the outside, and I thought Hiromu's neck was broken again. And you actually had the same reaction. I I thought he was at the very least concussed. He was definitely not in a good way, and it was a really scary spot. Because it was one of those ones where you see him hit, and then they whiplash. And I've seen Mm -hmm. guys, because I think I told you about the time that our truth it wasn't the same move, but he took a hit and landed, and his head did the exact same moment, and they removed him with a concussion right then and there, and he didn't continue the match. It was like a multi-man match. They were able to keep it going, but they took him to the back. One of the things I liked about this match was Phantasmo using all of the past Bullet Club leader finishers. I thought that was a cute little nod and kind of kind of a fun way to incorporate everybody into that one. Yeah, that was really cool. I enjoyed that too. But Hiromu snuck out the victory, so he ended up with a title shot for the next night against Taiji Ishimori, who is also Bullet Club. Ooh. Next match was super, super awesome for 
the reason that uh, Gorilla's Destiny against Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles, this was Gorilla's Destiny's very first win in the Tokyo Dome. Really? For their very first time ever, as many as many Wrestle Kingdoms, as many Dome shows as they've done, this was their very first Tokyo Dome victory. Oh, that makes and it even cool. To, I didn't realize that. Right? To win the belts right there? That's mm-hmm. such a cool moment. Even if they cheated to do it, but hello, Bullet Club. That's what we do. Exactly. You're not surprised. John Moxley had a, uh, a nice little promo after that. Letting us know he's just stuck here and would love to be there. So once travel opens back up, I can only imagine that he's going to show up on the first possible New Japan show to defend that U.S. title. Still the champ. Still the champ. Uh, Next was Kenta and Kojima. My notes literally say for this, uh, I'm really happy that Kojima has this match, but this match does nothing for me. Neither one of these guys excites me. (laughs) That's exactly the conversation we had while this match was going on. (laughs) Yeah, I, I like Kenta. I love Bullet Club. But it's just not for me. I mean, that's fair. To each their own. But uh, Kenta picked up the victory there, which was kind of neat. It was a good night all around. And again, to have Kojima have that uh, Wrestle Kingdom moment at the Tokyo Dome, so cool. That was a good match. That was the last one I managed to stay awake for. (laughs) Yeah. So now the rest of this is a mystery to me. So next was Tanahashi and the Great Okan. Uh, I legitimately took a nap during this match, so I don't remember it, but I did just watch it right now. Uh, My notes for this literally say, I took a nap. Oh, Tanahashi has a Zima? How cool is that? It's called High Fly Lemon. Because later there was a commercial about Tanahashi being on a Zima can. Lemon stuff, though. That's right up my alley. Yep. So maybe we need to go to Japan and drink Zima because apparently it's not a thing in the States anymore. Of course not. Anyways, I don't even remember who won that match. I, I'm i very over Tanahashi. I think he's a lovely gentleman and he's a ridiculously talented dude. Um, all I know is that this was great Okan's uh, Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom debut. So that was really cool, but I didn't I didn't hold on to anything from that match. Let's get into the one that we that I know you really want to talk about. Osprey Okada. I've only seen half of it, but I will finish it. Okay. My my notes for this literally say B looks stunning. Yes, I will give you that one. That was very her true. her entrance gear, Will's entrance gear was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note literally says, Okada is 32. What the hell have I done with my life? God, I love how they're making that seem out to be so old. <laughs> right. I'm going, God, and, come on, I'm older than that. You're making me feel bad. And he's a, he's a sweet little baby angel. Um, the things that are on my notes for this is, Okada has such a nice drop kick. Will Ospreay mm-hmm. is so accurate with his super kicks. 
Yeah, that and versatile was my next one to the top rope. Holy crap! Man. He's so ridiculously talented. It helps that he's also like nine feet tall. He's a super super tall man. When I stood next to him, my head didn't even come to his shoulders. Yeah, he would. See, so he doesn't look that tall on TV, but yeah. The uh, next note that I have is how much I love the 20 count in Japan. I love having that extra little bit of time for people to really, really, really think they're not going to make it. Yeah. Because 20 is a long time. It really is. And it feels like it takes forever when, you know, Red Shoes is at 17 and it's like, oh, God. Oh, he's not going to make it because he would have gotten up for 10 if he was coming. But no. Long, long 20 count. Um, I have Okada tossing Will into B. I thought that was a really cool moment because you don't see uh, the women managers being utilized like that too terribly often in New Japan. Not to say that there's very many women managers anyways, but the ones that are there are almost never part of the story or part of the action. They're usually just there as a managerial role. Right. As I said, that's something about with Japan that they don't really seem to kind of utilize at least the female managers that often. Mm-hmm. So having her there and having her be a part of that action was really cool. Um, one of the scary moments for me in this one was that huge Spanish fly off the top. It was very scary, but these two are so ridiculously talented that I can't imagine either one of them not trusting the other to do something absolutely ridiculous. Yes, this match was when I saw it on the card. I was like, ooh. I need to watch that one. I just unfortunately couldn't stay awake any longer. Yep. The moment that I saw it, I was like, yep, that's going to be Jenny's match. I was say Osprey's guy that always, he jumped out at me since the very first time we watched Wrestle Kingdom together. And then Okada. Both such talented guys. Very talented guys. I really enjoy them both. I just, at the very beginning of the match, when they're locked up and red shoes is in there, you know, he's kind of saying, you know, you know, don't you do it. Because they just, they, you know, they're both ready to strike each other. And Okada reaches back like he's just about to bitch slap Osprey. And you, know, you, just, you hear Red Shoes say, like, I wish I knew Japanese. Because he's kind of like, ah, no, don't know. And he just kind of lightly <laughs> taps him on the chest. I was like, God, that was so fun. I don't know why. It just amused the hell out of me. And he's looking like he's going to go in for this big slap. And he's kind of a little pat pat right on the chest. It, like, oh, my God. It should, just, uh, it should be said that. These two had been stablemates for a long time. Uh, Will Ospreay just very recently left Chaos uh, to start his own faction called The Empire. So they have a long history of being very good friends. So they know each other inside and out. Ah, see, I kind of skipped the like story before the match since it's in Japanese. <laughs> so I probably didn't catch any of that. Yeah, they, they, they're in the same stable as Rocky and Rapungi 3K, obviously. But that said, Okada won with the Rainmaker. Nice clean victory to no one's surprise. Uh, Naito and Ibushi for both the IWGP heavyweight title and the IWGP intercontinental title. Double belts, one match. 
Okay, unified Insanity. champ type deal going on. Sort of. Um, so We're not unified, but two belts. Yes, uh, we went into this with Naito two belts. Um. Oh, so someone was already two belts, not one belt. Yeah, Naito was already uh, the double champion. He he okay. won both belts last year at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh wow! Okay, I believe. Oh, I don't think I remember that. It was a super big deal at the time. Yeah. That's right. Um, I have here that it took 15 minutes into the match before Ibushi tried to die. <laughs> and then Ibushi is so agile that standing moonsault was beautiful. Uh, Naito is so good. Everything he look, everything he does looks so believable. Like it looks like Ibushi was just getting his ass kicked. Nice. I like that. See, that's my kind of style of wrestling. There was at one point a standing Hurricane Rana to the floor, and my words after that are just, wow. And here we are again at, with a 19 count. It was so close that he almost didn't make it back in. I love those moments. Other Yes. Other things I have are how did Ibushi kick out of that top rope Rana? <laughs> then I, I got philosophical because it was, you know, six o'clock in the morning and I hadn't really slept. Um, I apparently jotted down every lariat is a clothesline, but not every clothesline is a lariat. Yeah, I see that. Which goes very much to the Every scotch is a whiskey, but not every whiskey is a scotch. It's very true. <laughs> very, very true. Um, there was one point where Ibushi was so out of it. Um, Naito hit the Destino, and I don't know how or if Ibushi even kicked out of it, but I have, I don't think he kicked out of this, but he must have. Um, because he went on to then use both the V-Trigger and the Kamigoye. And I really, really love that they sell Ibushi pulling down his knee pad to hit the Kamigoye as, like, the finish finish. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that ridiculous knee strike matters so much more when the knee is exposed. Right. And... With the uh, with a double Kamagoye, two in a row, exposed knee, Kota Ibushi becomes our two belt champion. The title change, very cool. Double title change, Kota two belts. He's come a long way since that time he got eliminated from the Cruiserweight Classic because he forgot that America only counts to ten. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. So Oops. funny. It's one of my favorite moments ever. And that concludes night one. Oh, so okay, so that was the main for night one. I'll have to go back and that watch that That was the main one for night one. Um, night two. We can touch on a couple of short things here, so we're not taking up too much of your guys' time. Um, somehow, Yano, yet again, wins that four-way. And he is king of pro wrestling <laughs> again. 
He's the king of the world. He is a sweet baby angel. <laughs> and Yano is definitely not for everybody, but Yano is definitely for me. So he's one I don't know too much about, but I'll keep that in mind when I'm watching this match, that he does it for you. It is pure comedy genius. Uh, if you like Colt Cabana at all, there's a couple of matches where it's either Colt versus Yano or Colt teaming with Yano, and it is just a good damn time. I do like me some Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, indeed. I, I highly suggest going back to watch things where Colt and Yano are together because it's so much fun. And I think wrestling needs to be fun once in a while. I agree with that. I'm going to go ahead and skip down the card a little bit. Um, Sonata and Evil was such a match. The former tag team partners from Los Ingobernables de Japón Evil is now Bullet Club. Sonata is still LIJ. And those two put on a phenomenal match. As Very much, much hate... like... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. I say, as much as I hate to see tag teams break up, they always do seem to have really good matches with each other. Depending on how long yes. the teams have been together. Because they just they have that chemistry from working together that they can put it together to have a match with each other at the same time. It's like as much as I hate like, it back in the day, the outlaws always put on good matches with each other. Yes. Each other. Yes. As well as teaming together. So like, it just, it's the chemistry thing with tag teams. Like I hate to see tag teams break up, but the matches Absolutely. are always really good. No one knows you better than your tag team partner. Exactly. And you're going to know that person's moves inside and out and Everything they're about to do, you already know what's going to happen. So you can be there to either support or counter or whatever. Right. Those kind of matches always have just a really good story with them. Because like you said, they know each other's moves. Mm -hmm. So to me, if you just, depending on, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a bad tag team breakup match. Yeah. I completely agree with that statement. I'm going <coughs> to jump ahead to the junior heavyweight title match uh Hiromu and Taiji Ishimori um so one of my favorite matches of all time was Hiromu and Ishimori I believe it was the first time that Hiromu won the junior heavyweight title it was at Corican Hall and I just remember them fighting up into the stands and Hiromu like running down the like platform in between the uh, the levels of seating and doing this ridiculous drop kick and like just kicking Ishimori like down the stairs and it was so good. So every time these two are in the ring together, it's insane. They're always trying to actually kill each other. I'm pretty sure. And the match is always just so good. But the most important part about tonight or that night. Mr. Belto came home to Hiromu. Nice. Very nice. What a a victory for him coming off of a broken neck. Yeah, you always like to see that for someone that's come back from something like that. You get the big win. Just gives me the warm fuzzies, and that doesn't have anything to do with his ridiculous jacket. <laughs> 
We do like some ridiculous jackets around here. I really, really love ridiculous jackets. So, uh, that brings us to our main event of night two, which is Switchblade Jay White of Bullet Club against Kota Ibushi, our brand new IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. To uh, play off of a previous note that I had written about Okada, Jay White is 28 years old. What the hell am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note that says, Ibushi looks like he's struggling to carry both belts to the ring. He was wearing one around his waist and one over his shoulder, and it looked like he just couldn't figure out how to hold both of them in any sort of fashion to make it down that ridiculously long entrance ramp. The super shiny. Long entrance ramp. Super shiny long That was part of our ramp. conversations. I don't know if it was just delirium yes. or not, but the ramp is long and super shiny. So long. So shiny. Um, I also have that Red Shoes hates Bullet Club. Because there was, in, you know, a typical Bullet Club match, there was much interference. Shocker. Yeah. Uh... But uh, Gato eventually got what was coming to him. And Ibushi ended up picking up the victory here. Clean against Jay White. uh, With, again, the Kamigoye with the exposed knee. Which, as we stated before, I truly, truly love that. Um, So after this match. Some... uh, some celebrating for for Akota Ibushi, who is still in shock that he has won. And a challenger appears. And it is Sonata, who is the absolute most polite gentleman when asking for a title shot. That never happens. He came out nicely dressed in his little... I don't even want to call it a suit. It's a really beautiful, like long stylish jacket. And he just came out and was very sweet. Not a single bit of yelling or anything. And Ibushi has accepted the, uh, the challenge from Sonata. So whenever the world allows, that will be his first title defense. Very cool. Um, the biggest thing now is that, uh, the next day on Twitter, Kota Ibushi has called for, the unification of the two titles. Um, I That's not something I personally want to see. I would love to see both belts be separate. So they're defended separately. Yeah, they just uh, need to not have a two belt thing going on anymore with them. Yeah, he just needs to lose one of them. I don't care to who. Just one belt would be great. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of unification of titles myself either. It feels like it takes something away from the mid-card if you decide that that mid-card title no longer exists. Right. That's exactly it. Okay, so now, over the two nights, pick one favorite match. Oh, boy. Just one. Just one. Um, um, oh, God. <laughs> I'm on the spot. I love making you squirm. I think it's gotta be Hiromu and Ishimori for Good the choice. junior title match, night two. Good choice. 
those two are just so ridiculously good. So that was her favorite choice, everyone. I recommend going to watch it. And I appreciate you coming and being on the Haluva Marks podcast. Anytime. As I can't wait to have you on again. Thank you just you very much. tell me when you need me. We will definitely tell you when we need you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you and have a good night. Uh, everybody, I do apologize. You're hearing me now because the segment that I recorded with uh, Jenny and Kat sounded so bad, I won't put it on this podcast. Um, I didn't realize whenever I was using the recording software that they their voices were turned down past halfway. Uh, didn't discover this till I got to messing around inside uh, my recording software for something else. And I'm still new at this. I implore you to bear bear with me. I'm still new at this at uh, audio editing. I'm, you know, uh, it's it, it's really frustrating, as you can tell. Uh, I I do my best to put out a top quality product, even though now I may not be, even though we may not be real big. We want to do the best we can, and this this is on me. I apologize for it. So I'm going to close out the podcast with saying thank you to Raven for the very good Wrestle Kingdom review. Uh, also, thank you to Kat and Jenny for doing a segment that didn't get done because it's my fault. Uh, you can catch Cadillac at all our socials at KitKatCadillac on Twitter and on Twitch, Instagram as well. Same thing with, uh, same thing with Jenny Super underscore JJ11. On Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, things like that. You can catch me at Shame Wrangler on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh, anything, anything like that. Uh, like I say, I do apologize. I feel I, I'm, I'm more mad at myself than anything for ruining. Basically, I don't think I ruined the episode because we did get a good Wrestle Kingdom review. We just didn't want. I just didn't get our conversation about about our managers and that's on me so maybe i can fix it and maybe we can do it and maybe i can add it in on a later broadcast but for right now this is all i've got and i do apologize i hope everybody has a great day thank you for listening most importantly thank you for putting up with uh putting putting up with the mistakes and uh we'll see you next week we have something figured out. We we have something figured out for you to do next week, and I'll make sure the audio is correct this time. So, everybody have a great night, great day, just whenever you listen to it. And uh, I'll see you next week.